Hello, this is Sasha. Welcome to this uh, to this space, to my little corner in the internet. And today we have as a as a guest somebody who is very very special. We're working together as uh, mentors in the Vita program, and she's Marianne Winter. She's a relationships coach, and I'm so happy and so honored that you are here with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sasha. Beautiful. So we were discussing before um, we started the recording a lot about um, so many different aspects of relationships, but one of them was uh, commitments. We were talking about commitments, especially because um, she was just sharing that she wrote an a piece for Valentine's. And one, one thing that I find so fascinating is what a commitment means to different people, right? Like, like I have seen this fear, this panic of committing in a relationship. Like if it meant a loss of liberty, a loss of freedom to be with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I really love this topic so much and I, I relate to it personally, but also like with the couples that I work with, there is such an ingrained idea that uh, commitment means losing self, losing individuality, losing my autonomy. Um, and uh, that also fits very much in a world where we're very much focused on autonomy and individuality, right? And and we grow up with this idea, or at least I grew up with this idea, that commitment is something that you make when you get married and then you're stuck. Like, that's it. <laughs> and you have to compromise because it's never going to be the case that... And with that, give away a little bit of your power, of your, your inner being. So... I said, I will never be in a committed relationship. <laughs> um, you know, I'll stay with you as long as it's, as it's good and then I'll go. And then I realized that that actually also made me not stay very long. Because of course, there's going to be things that are not so good anymore. And if there is no inner yes in me to actually stay where it's hard, I'll just go all the time, basically. And now when I met my now husband, um, we got married. I never, ever thought I would get married in my life. Um, but we had to also for practical reasons. And that sort of made us sit with the question, okay, well, that means we're going to find a real commitment. Like, what are we actually saying yes to? And rather than have more of our individuality, what are we actually saying yes to? And like when we first started seeing each other, we would always be together for three months because I would have a visa for three months and then I would have to leave the country. So it was quite easy to say, okay, we make a commitment for three months. For three months, I can say yes to showing up. I can say yes to staying when it's hard. I can say yes to shared practices. Like what do we do when it gets hard? Are we going to have a conversation? Are we going to breathe together? Are we going to leave each other alone for 24 hours like those specifics we all took those into our exploration of commitment to make it really true and then for me it was wonderful to hear myself say yes i will stay because i knew you know after three months if it's really not good i can still go um but for this amount of time i will stay and i will show up um and i will show up to 
you know, what we agree on uh, to have conversations and I show up to our processes together. Then we got married and we still, we decided that we would still do a recommitment ceremony every year. And again, like really look deeply into, okay, how has the last year been? Um, what did we say yes to? How was that? How did it work for us? And what are we saying yes to now? And are, are we still saying yes? And really also, if we're not, are we still free to go? I love that. That really choose to be together for another year. And that so much takes away the idea that I'm caught in a prison that's not of my own, right? I find that so important. That's something that I was um, discussing with another, with another fellow uh, coach uh, recently. We were talking about this readjustment of our commitments with our partner every, every certain time. Like how to, how to reestablish what we say yes to and what we want to explore and how far we want to go and maybe next next year we want to start exploring this path and maybe we want to stop having some of these and we want to start having some more of the others so it's like this re-establishing the rules every yes. every certain time every year or every six months yeah so it's like i i like how you how you put it like a commitment ceremony so it's like going back into but not just repeating vows, no? Like, like, oh, these are my marital vows, and you go and repeat them all over again. But, but about creating a commitment that comes from your real um, needs and experiences together. Yeah, exactly. And I so much love that you say, because um, it is about creativity like it it's not it's not just defining the rules of what we cannot do or how we should be but really what do we want as a couple what do we want to explore what what do we want to call into our relationship and that's where i think it just it becomes um it's like intention setting like it becomes so good and nourishing and realizing like oh we both want this adventure or we both want this experience so let's go and do it so it's really a, a, like a nourishing and and can be super fun um yeah ceremony time because one of the fears that i find people have when it comes to committing to a relationship is the idea of loss like the fear of missing out like oh my god we're gonna be missing out from so many adventures and so many people and so many other experiences that we could be having because we are still considering marriage as this or, or a committed relationship even if there is no like like a marriage um ceremony as this trap where we are just gonna get together and just like you said and settle and stay there and it's all, all over there that's the end of the story so that, that's kind of yeah healing one's soul no and of course we're terrified of that because it feels like like killing a part of us that wants adventure. So what if a relationship became a source of adventure and not a source of a feeling trapped into, into one situation forever and ever? Exactly. And, and this is what I see so much with the, the people, like including myself with fear, really fear to lose 
my adventure to lose you know the juice of life and i think this is a a piece that i work on with with couples and in my own relationship so much is can we create a space in which we don't have to withhold those desires in which we can actually speak those desires to our partner without it being threatening to our relationship and our foundation and our container but now i find with so many couples because it seems like it's either this or that it's either that marriage or my wild life they don't speak those wild desires and then they become like resentful inside that they cannot live that side of them anymore so what i really invite people into is like speak the desire it doesn't mean you're immediately gonna take off and do it but speak it and then be together in like if i speak to my partner oh i have such a desire to flirt with someone else like oh i i want to go out dancing and flirting it doesn't mean i'm gonna leave him but he can ask me like oh you know what what is it that you're that you're longing for like what is what is it how you long to feel and then as a couple you can do a relationship is that okay or is what you actually long to feel something that we also can cultivate more? Mm-hmm. If I say, I want to feel my wild side more. Okay, maybe there are things that I can do outside of the relationship, but also how can we do that within our relationship? But to do that, we need to know that I do want to, like I, I cannot hide my wild side because mm-hmm. um, then no one knows that I actually long for it. Yeah, that's so true. And that's... Um one of the reasons why so many couples have so much pain in the relationships because they feel like they need to hide in order to get to do something so it's like either i allow myself to die slowly because i am stuck here forever or i do things but hidden without my partner knowing and both paths are so painful at the end of the day so we're speaking here about a third path a path of sharing and uh, openness with, with openness and with and with uh, a reinvention of what commitment is together exactly. but then something happens um there's few things in the world as triggering and difficult as having a relationship it's like like everything starts just like oh feeling like like uh, nails on a shopboard you know, like ah at a certain point after some years together or maybe after there there are some wounds that show up when we are in a in a relationship uh, that we didn't even know they were there so um i i know that you speak about this about how to how to work with triggers and relationships so what what would you have to say about this yeah so i mean it's so true like intimate relationships they do bring out our deepest deepest patterns of how we learn to relate um often to our caretakers and also where we have been met in contact and where we have not been met and all of us at some point have not been met in the way that we desired and the disappointment of that the anger of that the fear of that it still lives in us and when we start relating intimately those those parts come so the first thing that i tell every couple that's in like patterns of triggers or fights is this is normal actually this is quite a good sign. It means that there is a level of safety and attachment 
benchmarks can show themselves. Yeah. But you want to learn to use it well, right? Like a trigger can be an opportunity for growth. It definitely does not mean that you're failing. It does not mean that your partner is failing. It does not mean that the relationship is failing. It means that you're touched in a very, very deep part that now can be healed if you can both take it that way. And like the first step in that is just acknowledging like, oh my God, my reaction here, it's not really about the dirty dishes anymore. It is about something deeper in me. And then like the the second, like I have a whole like list of questions basically to go through, but another important question is what need is not being met in this moment? What do I feel that my partner is not giving me in this moment? by not cleaning up the dishes, maybe I feel I'm not taken care of. By my partner coming home late, maybe I feel like he's leaving me, he's abandoning me. Yeah. And I can also see like, oh, this is a little bit out of perspective of the, the actual situation, right? So it's a very, very tender part in me. And then my partner doesn't have to take it so seriously and can see, oh, that's a very tender part in you. What does it need? What does it need to feel held either from yourself and from the partner or the relationship? Can we both take care of the parts in each other that feel so, you know, frightened and, and, and angry and frustrated, but has, have, has nothing to do with the present moment? Yeah. And it helps create a deeper layer of communication. I have seen that in my relationship, like, for years I was struggling with, you know, the dishes and the, and, and the house cleaning, you know, like equal uh, work in the house. And my husband wouldn't get it. It was like, like dude, I need you to get it. It's <laughs> frustrating for me. He was like, yeah, I told you I would do the dishes later. What's the drama about? Until I went deeper. Like what's, what's beyond that? What's underneath that frustration? And I found what, that what was underneath the frustration was that I was feeling like my place in the house was underneath everybody else's. Like my needs were unimportant. Like I was expected to do everything by myself. So I was feeling lonely and I was feeling powerless and I was feeling frustrated and angry about feeling powerless in my, in my relationship. And once I told him that he was like, Okay, I get it. Now I'll do it. Because he, he saw how important yeah. that was to me. He saw that it was not about the dish, but it was about making me feel supported. Yeah, and then he knows, right? Like, oh, if I do those dishes, I, Sasha will feel so supported and loved. And that's, you know, that's great. And that's what they are looking for. Like, like yeah. that's what the person that loves us wants to get. Uh, like that that equality when it comes to emotions the sensation of having a, a good connection that makes you happy that makes them shine because that pays back right like like when you're happy everybody's happy <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so i think that pretty much my invitation uh in this case could be uh to ask yourself what's underneath that that trigger right is that, what's is that underneath? What? yeah exactly and and even more specifically what need is not being met 
Mm, how yeah. how am I not being met in this moment? Yeah, I love and it. then it's almost always about care, about feeling loved, about feeling supported. Yeah, all of those feeling safe. I love that. Yes, 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 yes. And I think that is particularly important because in relationships, it we and I'm going to be speaking about women, but maybe it's not the same for all women attempt to just give away our needs, to put them last, right? To, to think that our needs are unimportant. But the reality is that for a relationship to flourish, we need to, to nourish our needs, to honor our needs and the wisdom that they have. Yes, exactly. And, and as you see, like when, when you put your needs last, you'll be resentful anyway. You'll yeah. be angry anyway. So it's so important that we own, and, and often we don't want to seem needy, right? We want to be superwoman who can take care of all of it, and we don't want to say, hey, I feel so uns. So we become that anyway, and our needs are so, so important. And then, like, the solution is often so small. Like, once our partner knows, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do those dishes, whatever. Like, the, the solution can be super small. Yeah, and there's so much that can be solved with that. Like, I have seen like this two unhealthy models of relationships that the media display in TV shows, which are the one where, you know, the woman becomes this resentful uh, person that leaves, uh, that leaves herself last. And that's more than the media that is displayed by society, right? Uh, especially as a Latina, that's something that I see a lot. And I'm sure that it happens like everywhere in the world. But, but that, that, that leaving the needs of the woman last. But then there is this other play, this, this other role that I also think it's pretty unhealthy, which is the one of the nagging uh, wife, right? Like, oh, you're not doing the dishes, what are you doing? So, uh, and those two are like two, fa two faces of the same coin because they are both coming from a place of, of wounding, from a place of not being in touch with your partner about your real needs and emotions. Exactly, exactly. And those are exactly the two paths that we take as a very young one, like when, when our needs are not being met. We either do whatever we can to make it happen, like we plead, then, um, or we just take distance from the need to start with and sort of like, no, I don't have any needs, but become cold in our hearts and distant. And those are the dynamics that play out so often in the relationship. Yeah. You have a free mastermind where you speak about this, where you speak yeah. about how to use triggers as opportunities for connection. Yeah, opportunities for connection, for healing, for growth. And I actually, because, you know, I, um, and like looking into this deeper through, through my experience and the studies, like I, I found like, okay, there are actually steps that we can go through. And when we do that consistently, we will find our way into deeper connection. So I just created like eight steps and, and, you know, wrote them out so that it becomes sort of like, okay, once I'm in this trigger, let me actually have a look of what makes sense now, rather than just always being in this cycle of reactivity, which, you know, 
it's it's what we know and it's often not super nourishing or sustaining mm, yeah. I love that I love that I love that and um, also just to summarize I would say remember that you can always re, uh, reinvent your commitments commitment doesn't mean being stuck in one place you can reinvent your commitments together and you can uh, you can explore your triggers to create an opportunity for healing and for growth together yeah yeah and that i love how you tie these together because knowing that that is possible it makes also it's so much it feels so much better to commit if you know that triggers are opportunities for healing and connection and not just the stupid things you have to deal with uh, then it makes your connect your commitment like oh yeah let's let's do it right because that's super that's super beautiful that's super nourishing i love that i love that i love that oh my god thank you so much for this beautiful beautiful interview i mean we could go on and on and on ever <laughs> Because there are so many chances for growth when it comes to relationships, so many opportunities for, for personal and family growth in relationships. Uh, and I would, just, um, I would just like to add to close on my side before I, I ask you to please uh, say something, some final words, but I would just like to add that relationships are this living entity where you get the chance to grow and evolve and change that it doesn't have to be and they live happily ever after from end of the story but it, ha it can be an ever growing uh, plant an ever growing tree that you both planted together so and you both are you three or you four or how many people you want them to be part of the relationship so uh, i think it's important to see relationships as a living entity and that's why you need to, to play with this living entity. What do you need? You feed them. And, and what do you aspire to? So you create the, the right circumstances around it. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So much yes to that. And yeah, and I would also even add that um, we, all, we all tend to our, our living entities, but also to share with, with our friends uh, when things are hard, when we need support. Because relationship, like that's maybe the last thing I would say, there's this saying of it takes a village to raise a child. I also think it takes a village to raise a relationship. Like we all need witnesses, need support sometimes, and need sh shared celebration. So the idea that we have to keep all of our processes behind closed doors um, and only pretend to the outside world that we're just fine, I think really let's, let's make the step to show more of our relationships and show more of the realness of it so we can actually witness and support and celebrate each other. I love that so much. I love that to normalize relationships, real relationships, so that we know it's normal, it's okay. Oh, yes. Thank you yes. so much for this beautiful interview. Thank you, thank oh, you, thank you. Thank you, love. And I want to remind people to uh, go to your page, mariannewinter.com. Uh, the link is going to be in the in the description. I'm so happy that you joined us together, that you joined us here, that we are together this day. 
Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you.